0: Welcome into Attacking Third on this Friday before the holidays. We are getting set for a big offseason and everything that's to come. Uh, We have a great show for you. We're going to talk about NWSL, Free Agency, all the movements that's happening, uh, some coaching hires that have happened stateside, the Champions League, Match day four has completed, so we're going to talk about those results and what happens next in the UEFA Women's Champions League. But thanks so much for joining us alongside Sandra Herrera, Aaron West, Darian Jenkins, I am Lisa Carlin happy holidays to everyone out there. Um, thanks for joining us and listening to us, watching to us as you maybe take in some of your holiday drive. I hope the traffic's not bad out there. But we have a lot to talk about because NWSL is in its second year of free agency and the movement has been non-stop. I am going to run through a couple of the big names and the big moves that have happened out of Angel City FC. They have re-signed defender Sarah Gordon as a free agent. There's Sarah Gordon is on a three-year deal with a Mutual option for 2027 with Angel City. She was 2023 Iron Woman. She played in every single NWSL match. So the Los Angeles NWSL club. Happy to have Sarah Gordon back defender. Kayla Sharples as a free agent is headed to California. She's going to Bay FC. Sharples signed a two year deal. Previously Kayla Sharples spent her entire career in Chicago with the red stars. She was drafted in 2019. So now Bay FC adding uh, some more center back depth to their backline and their roster. For Racing Louisville, they have signed midfielder Marissa Vigiano to a two-year contract through 2025. Vigiano spent the last two seasons with Houston before she became a free agent. And this is Racing Louisville head coach Bev first free agent signing in Marissa Vigiano. Midfielder Savannah McCaskill is headed to San Diego Wave. She spent two years in LA with Angel City, and now McCaskill, the midfielder, is signed a three-year deal with San Diego. There's big announcement out of the Wave from her and this signing. For Racing Louisville, they are losing forward Tembi Katlana as Katlana is transferring down to Mexico to Tigres. So the South African star forward is going to Tigres Femenil in Liga MX. Racing Louisville received $275,000 for Tembi Katlana. That is the second highest transfer fee for an outgoing player in league history. This is a huge year for Tembi Kotlana and everything that she's done with South Africa at the World Cup and now in the NWSL and a one of the biggest perhaps is midfielder Christy Mewis is leaving Gotham after winning the championship and headed to West Ham the United States women's national team midfielder is joining the Barclays Women's Super League side on a mutual contract termination with Gotham and now going over to the Super League currently West Ham second to the bottom of the table in the Super League. So Chrissy Mew is definitely going to add some midfield depth throughout there. Uh, Sandra, these are huge signings. Um, I know you spent a lot of times covering Kayla Sharples, defender in Chicago. Now she's headed to Bay FC. Um, What do you make of some of these moves? Uh, Who's really winning the free agency right now?
2: Smart for the Bay, I think, to to, to pick up Kayla Sharples. I, I think I would also argue that Angel City, Going and and making that re-signing with with Sarah Gordon was also equally smart. I, I love a defensive signing, so I think these two kind of stand out to me. I think I joked a little bit, you know, on on social media saying there's the the blueprint has been out. It's out there. If you want a successful defensive line, you have to make sure you have a defensive back from the Chicago land area. Sarah Gordon, famously from Chicago land area, Kayla Sharcoles, et cetera, et cetera. We can keep rolling off and rattling out tons of names. Whether it's Katie Linden Houston or um, amongst many others across the league, so... I love a defensive move. I think it's, I think it's smart. I think at this point drafted in 2019 with the Chicago red stars and, and kind of had to play a, se- a bit of a secondary role at times, but really after playing overseas and in fin- Finland and in Australia, coming back, having to nurse some, some injuries at time really became kind of a player that they knew they could just sort of rely upon and trust with that responsibility in a dual center back role. So where the Bay are going to put her, maybe they do see her in that, that center back role, depending on how they're going to play. I know coach M- Toy was, was on here post-expansion draft saying that he doesn't like to play defense, but he, maybe they're going to go out there and get some players who know how to do that. And I think this is a little bit of that type of signing that kind of symbolizes that they're trying to lock things up there in the back. So I think not too shocking as well. I think, I think maybe you know, fans or casual viewers of the league look at a signing like that and think, oh, like surely a local kid will just like continue to sign with, with the local team. But I, I think that's a blessing of free agency, right? And that it exists and that players are able to actually go out there and, and execute their their free agency and kind of test the market and test the waters and, and see who's making those offers and listen to those those offers and ultimately make the, the best move for them. So I liked it. I liked the move.
1: Yeah, I, I think a lot of times we... we really focus on the outgoings, the the transfers, but often I think re-signing players can be super, super important as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, Sarah Gordon, one of the best defenders in the league, Iron Woman, you know you can rely on her. Uh, a fantastic defender, getting her to re-sign for Angel City is massive. You know that you have a piece that will anchor your back line for the next couple years. And that's that's a, a thing that kind of provides insurance inside a, a club camp. So that's a, a massive move for them, I think, too, to get her
3: re-signed. I was thinking the biggest one for me that I love is Savannah McCaskill. We talked about her earlier this year and how we all kind of think she should have gotten a call up with the national team. She was in the national team a couple years ago and kind of fell off and was a little bit quiet for a season. But I think from her move from Sky Blue to L.A. to where she's been to now getting to L.A. and she had a great season, six goals, three assists. It's a great signing for San Diego. I think that midfield is going to be really tough to go against. Think about Van Egmond, McCaskill, Jaden Shaw. She's playing in the 10 and how diverse that is and what footballers they are. You know, they like to pass. They like to dribble. They're on the move. They all can play really textured passes. They also all have great shots. So I think this is a really good move for Savannah McCaskill and San Diego to sign a veteran player that has proven that she can last a season. She gets results on every single team that she's been on. Um, and she's a leader. She's a big veteran in this league and has a huge presence. She's really tough to play against. I can say that personally. Like, I think she scored on like each team I played on, which is super annoying and kind of embarrassing to admit. But she's lethal, um, and she's a really big game changer. And I think that's something – another layer that Casey Stoney is adding to the San Diego team is – you know, we've seen from their first year in the league where it was a lot of balls over the top and kind of playing more transitional to they were a lot more technical, a lot more tactical this year. So I think they're just adding more and more to their roster that bring in that technical, more soccer savvy player and style of play that's gonna make the NWSL grow and is really good for San Diego and especially that front line. I think it's a really, really good pickup by them.
0: Yeah, and it's a three-year deal for McCaskill, so Mm -hmm. she's there for a long time, which I think says a lot about where she wants to be in her career and where San Diego wants to be in in what they're building.
1: Yeah, just a couple points to add to that. She has been at Red Stars and Louisville, so she knows very well how to deal with playing for an expansion side. Like real gamer, like you said, Darren. We we know she's a battler. She's a fighter. She will bring that grit and that fire. A quality player. The only issue I have with this transfer is that when they posted the transfer announcement, they had her running the wrong way down the <laughs> the uh, coast. She they got to work on their geography a little. I bit. noticed that too. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> I also noticed that she, she's running the wrong way. So that, that's it. That's it. That's my last point on it.
3: Incredible. <laughs>
0: That's such a good point. She was running on the beach in the announcement, and she's running north when she should be running south from LA to San Diego. Um, hilarious. I mean, these are the details that we yep. that we pick out, and that's what we need, Aaron. So thank you. I want to give a shout out to Racing Louisville and Bevianez signing Marissa Vigiano because this is a player that has experience in the NWSL last two seasons. She's been in Houston. She took helped them two years ago go to the, the postseason for Houston Dash and. She's been through a lot at that Houston side of changes in coaching staff and having Sarah Loudon as the assistant, stepping in as an interim head coach multiple times and still being able to maintain a level head and leadership and composure says a lot about Vigiano and and that team overall. So Louisville, to add that depth in their midfield, Vigiano is a player that can play both sides of the ball defensively. She likes to get stuck in. She can slot into those holes and pick off passes. Um, I think she's going to make – life a little bit easier at Racing Louisville because, I mean, Aaron, I know you mentioned how it's really crucial that these free agents are re-signing with clubs, but you also have to look at what teams are losing. And Racing Louisville is losing a lot right now. They, they lose Tembi Katlana, they lost Paige Monahan in the expansion draft. So to add up a little more assurance in their midfield with Marissa Vigiano, I think is going to help them take that next step, which is what Louisville's been hoping and trying to do. There's been a couple other notable signings that have just been re-signings. Mackenzie Doniak Forward has re-signed with San Diego Wave through 2025. That's a two-year deal. And also Haley McCutcheon has re-signed with Orlando Pride through 2026 on a three-year deal. This is the second year of free agency, Darian, and... I feel like it's we're starting to see it play out the way players want it to. How do you see that happening in the offseason now that players have two years with free agency?
3: Yeah, I mean, I love it. More and more players are able to flex their free agency. And I think a big part of it, too, is just the growth of women's soccer from the last two years. So now people are truly seeing the value of the players and signing longer-term deals that are actually valuable, not that they're like... Three year $30,000 plus a $10,000 bonus. Like that, that doesn't, that's not appealing for a player to stay in a league. So I think it's a big testament to the growth of the league. And it's really reflective of the value that these players bring. Like signing a three year deal, that would have never been a thing a few years ago, ever. You would never sign a long term contract because it was so unstable and you weren't Mm -hmm. sure if you could have been traded and what that meant. So I think it's really great. And I love that these players are getting their worth finally snaps for that. Cause we're finally <laughs> seeing it. It's been a long time coming. Yeah.
2: This is uh, the exciting part, right. A free agency, like watching the deals come through. Like I'm in agreement with Aaron when he says that like, actually the, the re-signing is also pretty tough. Well, like, as well. Um, So to kind of like have like run down some of these free agency signings, knowing that in between there's been a couple of, of transfers, like listening to you, Lisa, talk about Tamika Katlana. Like what's the, the other piece of that is that they got that sort of, second highest record-breaking transfer fee for Catalina. So what are they going to do with that? What does that mean for Racing Louisville in, in the future? And and are they going to utilize maybe some of this this influx of money in, in other areas? And I'm excited to maybe see that next piece for, for them as well. And then on the other side of that, to kind of take a look at the Muis news and, and kind of thumb through it and read through the lines of, of – various press releases and and see like, well, just no transfer fee there. So I think that's also like if you're a fan of like the sports business side of things, like maybe that's something that people are like, hmm, curious. But I think if you're looking at just the, the West Ham of it all, I think finding yourselves in a relegation battle, I think getting a player to, to get into the mix, try to shake things up and maybe kind of starve some of that off a little bit along the way as as you look ahead to the new year, I think it's a massive pickup for them.
1: Yeah. And just to kind of touch back on what you guys mentioned, we talked about Louisville and they're getting the second highest transfer fee ever, but from the personal side, Timby Kiatlana, I'm so happy for her because she is getting paid, paid. <laughs> She's getting a big <laughs> bag. It's really cool to me to see the, the continued growth of, of women's soccer, seeing some of these salaries rise and rise. And these are market setters. So when you see them in one league, they got to be matched in other leagues. So the market will continue to rise. And that's, really cool for me from a business point, but also from someone who's been watching the game grow for a long time. That's also cool for me.
0: It is super cool. Tembi Katlana um, sources saying that she will get a salary equivalent to $550,000 from T-Grace. Yeah, it's it's a big one. So they're actually the business side of that transaction between Racing Louisville and T-Grace is very interesting because yes, it was $275,000 as the transfer fee, but Racing will receive another $25,000 if Tembi Katlana scores 20 or more goals for T-Grace. Plus then if they trade her again, they get another like percentage fee for the the price of Tembi Katlana. So, and all of that, Tembi Katlana had a good year in the NWSL, but frankly, her year with South Africa at the World Cup was much better. And that I think really put her on the map, helped give her a lot of confidence coming back from that Achilles injury that she had. And now she's using that as leverage to go to Mexico and compete in a competitive League MX Feminine League with T-Grace, who is a, a top dog and a powerhouse. So kudos to T-Grace for getting that as well. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of fun moving parts in this free agency and the transfers and everything that happens in the offseason. We are always keeping you up to date and we'll continue to do that. That's it on our transfer talk for now, but we have some other news out of the NWSL in terms of coaches that we're going to talk about when we get back. Viori is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they're offering 20% off your first purchase. Get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viori.com/soccer. That's v u o r i.com/soccer.
3: My days working taking care of my little ones can be a lot. I checked out care.com and it was so easy for me to find local, experienced and background check sitters. Finding our babysitter was way more affordable than I thought. Care.com makes it super easy. Search for qualified candidates. You can view their profiles, read reviews and ratings, check their availability, send messages directly, get the help that you need. Care.com should be every person's go-to.
0: Welcome back to Attacking Third. We have some news and updates out of the NWSL. At the end of the 2023 season, there was a number of coaching vacancies. Um, some of those have been filled. Houston Dash announced on Friday that they have hired Fran Alonso. As their new head coach, Alonzo was the head coach of Celtic FC Women in the Scottish Women's Premier League. He won two Scottish Cup titles in 2022 and 2023, plus a Scottish Premier League Cup in 2021. Houston Dash uh, were without their head coach for the remaining four games of the 2023 season. They fired head coach Sam Lady um, with four matches remaining. So now Houston back on track with Fran Alonso in that head coaching position. Another team, the Chicago Red Stars, they have hired Lauren Donaldson, former Jamaican women national team manager. Donaldson led Jamaica to their historic run into the knockout rounds of the 2023 Women's World Cup. Lauren Donaldson has a a storied resume. He's coached various teams from clubs to youth to national team. um, And now this is his first stint in the NWSL. Sandra, is this the change that Chicago needed in order to get back on the winning side of things that they fell from this past year?
2: I mean, it's a good start, you know? I, I'll say that. I think we're not going to know the answer to that until we actually see a new season with a new coach and really, quite frankly, a new roster because that's something that they're, the franchise is finding themselves needing to assemble in, in their offseason as well. So... I think with the new ownership change, I think folks were waiting for these types of hires. They said that not only was this a franchise that needed a new ownership change, but they needed that to happen so that there could be new ideas, new faces and better resources available for the club overall. So that included things like very soccer specific hires um, in, in naming a hire for a club president, you know, and and Karen Leto, former U S soccer chief legal officer. And now they have another one and a new head coach in, in Lauren Donaldson. And I think maybe there is a little bit of, of pressure, Um, welcomed pressure really to kind of make uh, a good hire for a next head coach of the franchise. And I think in the midst of having so many free agents on that free agency market list, they knew that maybe they had to make sure that they got that hire very right in terms of trying to make sure they had that something else as part of their pitch. It's not just about saying like, Hey, we've got new ownership. We're making changes. There's going to be money and resources an influx of it into this club stemming off of, you know, what we've spoken about before and players in free agency that's part of that pitch players want to see that they want to see what's what type of club you're offering the resources the facilities etc things like that so I think getting Lauren Donaldson coming especially off of a World Cup year where he had so, so much success with the Reggae Girls in 2023 I think it's massive I think folks immediately made that connection and his his own ties to youth soccer in Denver but throughout the United States and in all of the players that he's had hand in, in coaching and developing over the years, whether it was a Canadian international, Janine Becky, or a pair of US internationals and Sophia Smith and, and Mal Swanson. And I'm sure folks were saying, well, that has to be a done deal for Chicago as far as their free agency and locking up a former youth head coach of, for for a Mal Swanson. So I think folks were very, very delighted to to kind of see this news come into play. But I do wonder what it could mean for the franchise moving forward. Like is this going to be a coach that they maybe almost co- sort of see in, in a bit of a, of a stopgap because this almost feels like another bit of a reset button for this franchise, you know, is is what type of re- we're talking about resources and influx of things. What type of um, resources is this head coach going to get in terms of recruiting players, developing players, etc. So I think it's a great, great step. But what does it all mean? I think we still need to, to wait and see a little bit.
3: So how happy do you all think that Jordan Angeli is, that Lauren Donaldson (laughs) Another somersault, for sure. Another one. Yeah, uh, shout out to Jordan, because I bet she is so happy to hear this. Sandra, I completely agree with everything you're saying. And I think what I consider, like from a player's perspective, if you're going into a franchise to make that attractive, that's obviously had a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups, if we're being completely honest, uh, such as Chicago, you need to have a base of a coach that is so good and so good with the players and for the organization that the rest of it doesn't matter. It's kind of just noise because you're there to perform on the field. And when things on the field are going good and you feel like you're developing and your coach is bought in and has the right intentions and is intelligent, everything else cannot not be 100 percent, cannot be the best but you are ecstatic to be on the field, ecstatic to play for this organization and rep your coach and get better personally. So I think this was a really good move by the Red Stars because once you have a solid foundation in place as a playing style, a coach, your players feel safe and like they're developing, this is their careers. This is huge. It's not just the market they live in. This is the reason why they're there. Then you're going to bring in players that are committed for the long-term vision and these free agents that can see it and want to play for Lauren Donaldson. So I think this is a really good step for them. And I love it. I'm excited to see what happens. I hope that Mal ends up staying there. I know that that's part of the rumor mill. But I think that's a really big staple to have Lauren and Mal as a pairing that's going to keep yeah. some consistency in an organization that hasn't had it. For example, look at Gotham from the transition wow. from Sky Blue. Shout out to Yael. Aaron, woo! Your wife is yep. a genius. Bringing in uh, Coach Ambrose. That yeah, That was a huge <laughs> turnover for the organization, though, that like... That positivity and structure spread to the rest of the organization that made Gotham the bottom of the table to the current champions. Yeah. So I think we're going to see this happen over and over again, where we're finally going to get structure and consistency, and I hope that that same story happens for Chicago.
1: Yeah, just to, to kind of put the the cap on that, I, it's, just, it's very exciting for me. I'm very happy to see another black man as a head coach in NWSL the second one after said Hines uh, from everything you hear about Lauren Donaldson his players rave about him he's so very well respected i haven't heard any negative reaction from the chicago side to him 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 signing i think this is a move that it's, it's very clearly like hey mal we got your guy please stay. Yeah. Um, so I think overall, this is, is a positive move. It's, it's a great move for the league, for, for Chicago. And I'm very interested to see where they go on from this. And I do hope, like Sandra said, that they push on and it's not just a rest on your laurels. We got our coach. We don't have to do anything because that's not how this works. <laughs>
0: So with the whole Mallory Swanson, uh, Lauren Donaldson of it all. So Lauren Donaldson was a youth soccer coach in Colorado where Mallory Swanson grew up and trained with him. So they do have that relationship and that familiarity. Mallory Swanson is a free agent this year, Uh, although she did not play last year due to her injury. How much does this change her status as a free agent, whether she re-signs with Chicago? Not only getting new ownership at Chicago, but now the fact that Lauren Donaldson is there. Darian, how much does that change her perspective as a free agent?
3: Hey, Mal Swanson, pay Mal Swanson. <laughs> I mean, like Eric said, this is all lining up to keep her there because she was already the face of the club. When she's in games with them, they win. She scores more than they're scored on. That was a big struggle for them this last year, and she's a powerhouse, even with the national team. It was it was sad to see her injury when, when it happened because she was in such good form, but I know she's going to come back tenfold exactly where she left off, if not better. So I think this is just more of a push for them to make this big signing because if you sign a player like Mal Pugh, that gives everyone else confidence, all these other players that are like, I don't know if I want to go to Chicago. I want to go play with Mal Pugh. Mm -hmm. especially if you have a lot of draft picks that makes that environment so much more attractive to go and develop with. So the fact that she already has that prior relationship with Lauren Donaldson, I hope is an extra push to get her to sign that dotted line and for them to pay the girl, because that's what she deserves. She's the fate, one of the faces of this league that has brought so much positive attention to it. And she's going to do that for the club.
1: I think, From the Chicago point of view, not only is she, like Darian said, an incredible player, but you got to look at the business side of it. She is a name and a face that puts people in the stands. You can't afford to let that go. So they need to pay that woman.
2: (laughs) No, absolutely. And I mean, look, I think so much has been written about and content around the fact that she happens to have a husband who's also a professional baseball player and Dan Swanson, who, who plays cross down in, in with the Chicago Cubs. And, and there's all of those angles. I, I think if you are the ownership group of Chicago Red Stars, you're like, yes, this is marketing at its, at its finest point for a franchise that has find finding itself in a very transformational type of moment. And I think in terms of the soccer of it all variants spot on at that, and they, we know at this point what a, a Mal Swanson can do for Chicago Red Stars on the pitch. She's arguably had before her injury two MVP caliber seasons uh, with with that club, and I think moving forward, I think that's part of connecting those dots. You know, and I think that's part of the excitement in getting the hire in Lauren Donaldson. Like, what was will a Chicago Red Stars team look like? In 2024, I think that's part of the excitement in in talking about a new ownership group and talking about a new influx of resources and money and talking about a new head coach and potentially uh, a re-signing of Mal Swanson. There's a lot of the word new thrown around there. And I think that's what's most exciting about in this current project, this current stage of this project for the Chicago Red Stars is, no, they're not an expansion side. They've been a team that's been in existence in the end, since the N- N- NWSL has existed. But there's a very unique opportunity in front of them here to kind of really reshape what quote-unquote Chicago Red Stars culture was. They get to redefine that, which I think a lot of folks will want to see that redefined.
0: Is Chicago also coming off a season in which they didn't perform nearly as they were expected to? partially one of the reasons where Chris Petroselli, their former head coach, was released in early October. And and this was, I would say, a lengthy process, hiring process for the Red Stars in order to ultimately get to Lauren Donaldson. I think it's a good fit. I like what he's been able to do with uh, clubs and players. I mean, uh, you just look at what he's done with Jamaica and putting players in positions to succeed without any resources. Now he has an ownership group behind him that's Hopefully, right, willing to spend a few more bucks that can give him the resources, the staff, the facilities, the resources so he can get those players yeah. and retain them at Chicago.
2: I think that's what's impressive to yeah. me, too, Lisa. Like, Chicago had to pitch this person as well. They had to yeah. pitch that candidate mm-hmm. as well. They got Lauren Donaldson to say, no, I'm I'm going to not return with Jamaica, and I'm also not going back to Denver. These are two places which he has found himself navigating soccer spaces for decades so they pitched him as well and he I said think. you know what that sounds like plan I want to get involved in it. Let's go to Chicago. I
0: love exactly. It. Especially when you look at the other coaching vacancies in the league, right? Houston, they just hired Fran Alonzo, but Washington Spirit, they're also looking for a head yeah. coach. There's been rumors there, nothing formally out there yet though. So Lauren Donaldson probably had his pick. He's a good coach. And so the mm-hmm. fact that this match ultimately comes down between Donaldson and Chicago Red Stars says a lot about the growth that is to come at Chicago and, and the next steps there. But Both Lauren Donaldson and Fran Alonso, first time NWSL coaches. There was just an expansion draft that happened. Luckily, neither of these coaches were actively a part of that. They then have a college draft and then a 14 team season coming up. So the hurdles that they have to jump over are far from finished as these two coaches look to get their teams, Chicago and Houston, back into the postseason and into the playoffs. Of course, Washington Spirit, the only remaining club in the NWSL without a head coach at this point, Jonathan Heralda rumored to be going there, but nothing confirmed yet. We'll keep everyone up to date as soon as we know anything about that. We have plenty more to talk about. We're going to talk Champions League when we get back. Stick around.
2: Drowning in status updates and lost in endless emails? Break free with
3: ClickUp.com, the one app to replace them all. Imagine a world where your team collaborates effortlessly in one shared space. No more chaos, just ClickUp. Your projects, tasks, and communication unified at last. Transform how you work with customizable
2: views, seamless integration, and real-time updates. ClickUp is your shortcut to more productive days and happier teams. Join the millions of productive teams already streamlining their workflow. Visit
3: ClickUp.com to get started.
0: UEFA Women's Champions League finished up match day four. We had a couple teams clinch, advanced to the round of 16, a couple teams eliminated as well. Paris, uh, PSG gets a 3-1 win over Roma. Ajax, 1-0 over Bayern. They beat them. Paris FC are on a roll. They keep that train going with a 1-0 win over Real Madrid. Chelsea cruises to a 3 1 win over Hacken, Lyon, and Braun. Draw 2 2. Barcelona just demolishes 7 0 in this match day four situation that they have again. And Slavia Praha and St. Poland, that match is postponed. That will be played January 18th. So they are one match behind. But ultimately, guys, Champions League is heating up through this match day four. Uh, uh, let's start with. Ajax. Because with this 1-0 win over Bayern Munich, the top group C, this is the group of death, hands down. No one has secured a spot in the round of 16. No one is out. And Ajax taking points off Bayern in back-to-back games. When Champions League first started and these groups were drawn and we knew what was going to happen, Aaron, were you expecting Ajax to be one of the top contenders in this group C, group of death?
1: This was not what I had on my bingo card. This was not what I had in my predictions. But shout out to Ajax for being the only team in that club who is bringing any sort of pride to Amsterdam. Because on the men's side, it's been a real disaster. But it's such an incredible surprise and and breath of fresh air on, on the women's side. They've been playing beautiful football, very Ajax football, and
3: surprising everyone, honestly.
0: Yeah, this is the group of death with Ajax. They have PSG, Bayern, and Roma in this group.
3: Yeah, insane group. Watching the game, I have to give a shout out to Lily Johannes, who I didn't realize was only sixteen years old. Mm-hmm. Just a baby and crush, such a baby! I couldn't believe it. Oh my gosh, but she was crushing it. She, I had my eyes on her the entire match whether she was on the ball or off the ball, because I felt she glued the team together so well, Aaron, you're right. It's that I X style of play where it's like short, quick passes, but their ability and their movement off of the ball is what got them the win. They had a couple other chances, one off the crossbar that were so good. And I love seeing a team like I X that's kind of a sleeper that we didn't really, you know, we kind of rode off looking at this group who have now come out and surprised us all similar to Hacken where, you know, we were all doubting, but I I love to see it. I love to see the growth of the women's game and these teams competing in these high-level tournaments. So, yeah, good job, IX.
0: I mean, Paris FC, another one of those teams that is eliminating teams, right? They eliminated Arsenal. They eliminated Wolfsburg. And and now after match day four, Paris FC eliminate Real Madrid. I mean, it was a tough, tough Champions League run for Real Madrid. They were winless across Champions League just one point after four matches. They didn't look like the Real Madrid team that we had known. But meanwhile, Paris FC, they're able to continue to pick up points and cruise forward. Do you expect them to go far, Sandra, in the Champions League run?
2: I hope so you know i think that i think that's that's the energy i think kind of closing out the year with with these games i think we started to see the groups really start to take shape i think the universe almost felt like it was healing i think we're we're talking about a, a group of of death and maybe how we didn't rate group c right away in that sense but here we are talking about ix and lily johannes and also psg honestly who got a really rocky start to their group with two losses and now kind of see themselves really back in the mix Kind of flipping the script a little bit And we see Byron kind of You know, kind of floating for their lives now You know, in, in this group Or maybe we thought they would have been been favorites But, hey, Darian, speak for yourself You know, I'm out here repping for heckin' It is the season for heckin' um, <laughs> But I... I you know, I think that's part of it though, seeing teams kind of like getting back where things are are supposed to be, quote unquote. Like when you look at a group like Group D and everyone's like, Okay, so Chelsea's gonna be on top and and, and real real Madrid is going to go ahead and and, and make a run. And that is absolutely not what has happened in in that group at all. Chelsea back on top but it took them some games to finally get back there because of hecken and the type of side that they have proven to be during their group D matches. Uh, yes, Paris FC finally Got the final kill there against Real Madrid, but that's not act like Hecken didn't set that ball in motion for Real Madrid because that is really where it started. They were unable to to kind of get a crucial uh, three points against uh, this Swedish side that that I think many maybe thought was going to go the way uh, of Madrid. So. You hate to see it. I think for a, for a franchise and such an iconic brand and club, like like Real Madrid. But I think again, like to, to echo what Darian said, so that that's the beauty of of tournaments like this. It's it's you get these moments, you get these competitions, to so maybe even get. Another look at where the women's game at is at in this moment. In, in this case, we're looking at it in the European side of things and, and we're finding ourselves having to say maybe more more things, more interesting things, more fun things about not Chelsea and and not the Bayerns, but we're talking about Hagen and we're talking about Hagen. Paris FC. You know, we're talking about Ajax and, and I love that.
1: Yeah, I, I want to believe in Paris FC and I want their story to continue on. But when you look at their last two fixtures, it becomes very difficult to believe in it. But when you got to go to Sweden in January <laughs> and get a result <laughs> and then you face Chelsea in the last match of <laughs> the group stage, it kind of feels like it's a, a very, very steep uphill climb for them. But I, I still want to believe I, there, we could be have a new year, uh, a new year's miracle. <laughs>
0: All right. I want to talk about PSG because this is a side that narrowly beat Roma 2-1 in match day three. Roma clawed their way back into that match. And then they go to Rome and PSG gets a 3-1 win over Roma with that. And the points, they jump to second in that group, six points, just one behind Ajax at the top of group C. But Darian, I mean, what did you make of PSG throughout this match and, and so far throughout the first four match days of Champions League?
3: Yeah, PSG looked so good this match. I mean, what a fun game. I th- I don't think Roma looked bad. I think PSG capitalized on Roma's mistakes, sadly. Sorry, Audrey, I know that you're <laughs> upset about the scoreline, but we have to give a special shout-out to Tapita Chawinga. I thought that mm-hmm. she was stellar for PSG. She got the first goal, capitalized on a mistake. She had this insane touch that almost looked a little bit too far away from her body, but Her speed of separation to get just like a slight touch on the ball to get the first goal. Everybody go watch these highlights. They're insane. Is so good to see. And I love that she kind of integrated herself into the game in that way. And it's her first Champions League goal. And then in the second half, she was able to assist Marie Antoinette Antoinette Cototo. And she starts in midfield, brings the ball down, uses her strength, dribbles by four players, Gets to the top of the 18, has six Roma players around her, and then she slips a pass to Kototo, who puts it away. It was so, so good. For, it was so, so good. Everyone go watch these highlights if you haven't seen them already. Although you should watch the games live, but go watch the highlights. It was such a sick goal, and I think she was the game changer and player of the match. So I think she's finally like integrating herself really into this Champions League tournament and was the reason that they won the game. Also, sus, free kick, wall setup. For Roma. That was a great finish, but really sus defensive setup really? by PSG. Um, so showing a little bit of a little bit of a gap there that they need to fix, but it was it was a great game. I loved
0: it. I think when you look at the stats for that PSG Roma game, specifically PSG, they had four shots on target three goals, ultimately, their efficiency throughout that match. And it was capitalizing on those errors and mistakes from Roma and being able to put those away, whereas it, it, on the flip side, it wasn't happening for Roma that way. They had six shots on target, and only the one uh, on that set piece found the back of the net. It was Corbin Albert uh, as as well getting a goal for PSG. Or shouting out some youngsters. I want to give her a shout-out to the U.S. International. That was her first goal for PSG. Um, and the third one, the cherry on top for PSG at the end of the day to pick up their second win in Champions League so we also have to talk about Lyon because Lyon advances despite a 2-2 draw with Braun Um, this was a game for Lyon where they go up 2-0 in the opening 13 minutes of this match. Braun gets one back before halftime. And then Lyon has to play with 10 players after the 50th minute or so, because Lindsey Horan receives a red card. Who saw this? What did you think of this? Where did, Sandra, break this down for us. How did this happen? It was a direct red to Lindsey Horan in the 50th minute. What happened?
2: I looked like the, uh, the official didn't like what uh, she was saying. And I think maybe there was an assumption that she was, the Haran was saying the things that she was saying to another part of, uh, of the team. I do. I think my favorite part though, about this red car scenario was all of her teammates or other international teammates kind of rallying behind her in that sense. You see out of Heatherberg, and she's like, no way. It almost kind of looked like, no, 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 no. Lindsay is not violent. She's just American. Like, please don't <laughs> give her a red card like that was like the energy that i kind
3: just of just she's not
2: violent
1: she's just american is the quote of the year that Christmas. was crazy <laughs> she definitely said some things that cannot be repeated on yeah. any of the channels yeah. that we work for so yeah. probably a, a a warranted red card
0: Gosh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, uh, Leon, ultimately they do advance to the round of 16 on this draw. Um, uh, another team advancing Barcelona. They, uh, have been dominant through the group stage. They advanced to the round of 16 after this 7-0 win over Rosengard. That's for Barcelona. It, it almost looks to be a repeat of, of last year, four matches, four wins. They've had 20 goals scored, one goal conceded. It, it's it, when you look at this Barcelona side in particular, it. How can they be stopped right now, or is it just all gas no brakes at this point?
1: Not by humans, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> the only team I give a maybe a chance of stopping them right now is Chelsea. I think Chelsea, I think maybe Sandra, you just shouted this out earlier in the year. Chelsea has a chance because it just have so much quality and so much depth. But when you look at how this Barcelona team plays, the quality throughout their first 11, the players they bring off the bench, some of the players that don't even get a sniff. It's just ridiculous. They play beautiful football. They absolutely just demolish teams. They are terrifying. They're so ruthless, and they play so well with each other. So I don't see anyone knocking them off the perch. The only shout, like I said, is maybe Chelsea. For me.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think maybe after these four group games, I, I still think that you know, Chelsea's depth kind of keeps them in that conversation to rival. But I, I think, you know, it would be irresponsible of us and not also maybe include like Leon, you know, a little bit in, in that conversation mm-hmm. as well. You know, they've got the ex- a lot of experience and they, they do. They have excellent players to to kind of compete and maybe kind of counteract a little bit of what Barca can provide on a pitch. But um, no, Barcelona is looking scary good as usual. The machine keeps uh, keeps on working.
3: Sandra, you're not going to give a uh, Hacken or Perry FC the shout out to take down the Giants of Barca?
2: My my favorite <laughs> Swedish dark horses. I don't know. But look, I said they were scary for a reason because they scare me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: they are scary for sure but Barcelona they are at the top of their group a they have 12 points so they continue to lead that undefeated throughout Champions League play only conceding one goal so far uh Lyon they top group b with 10 points Braun just one spot behind them at seven points however Lyon has already advanced to the round of 16 so Lyon and Barcelona the two clubs that have already clinched group c the closest group in the standings by far Ajax they they top the group after their win over uh, Bayern, seven points, PSG, six points, just one spot behind them, and then Bayern and Roma, but ultimately the tightest group right now in the Champions League. And, and meanwhile, for Group D, Chelsea, Hacken, Perry FC, and Real Madrid. Real Madrid officially eliminated, but Hacken and Chelsea only separated by one point at the top, and then Perry FC at six points behind them ultimately. So it is a tight race in contention. Champions League, of course, coming back um, the end of January, and Slavia Praha, St. Paul, in that match is rescheduled for January 18th. uh, So that will be match day four. Those two teams have a game in hand against the rest of their group. All right, that's it for our Champions League coverage, but it's the end of the year. It's New Year's resolutions. We're going to wrap up 2023, talk a little bit about 2024, and then end it all for you guys here. So don't go anywhere with a lot more to talk about. Worker of yours. Hey everyone, welcome back to Attacking Third. All right, it is. December is the end of the year. It's the holiday season. Sandra and Darian are festive on our show today. So we have to do a little bit of reflecting. It's that time of year where you just look back at everything that has happened in 2023 and the advancements that have been made and, and the steps forward. And you have to reflect and be a little sentimental. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you guys, you know, Put on your sentimental hat right now, because there was a lot that happened in 2023, specifically with Attacking Third. We we grew our show. We covered the World Cup. We did so many cool things. We welcomed in so many friends, Sandra, to the show. Look, we've got Darian Jenkins and Aaron West here with us today. It's been such a fun year. But I want to know from you guys, what was your favorite memory of 2023 football-wise, Aaron?
1: By far, the Gotham win the NWSL championship, but specifically the moment the final whistle blew and the look on my wife's face when she felt that relief that the match was over. I saw like all the months of hard work, all that. Like she cried. I will. I will have to, to out her. She cried. <laughs> I cried with her. We crowed together. Um, <laughs> it was just a beautiful moment. Another side like addendum to that was was watching Ed Nalbandi and Elbandian stand behind the the uh, podium as they as the confetti flew just watching him watch that moment kind of the man behind the scenes I've I've heard so many late night phone calls between Ed and my wife as they tried to to fix this club and watching that kind of full circle moment of him being able to see that was was really special for me.
3: Aaron, that is a great one. And I'm glad I was there to witness a lot of that too. It was a really emotional time. And I was was trying to reflect on what's mine and that's definitely up there. I feel like I have like three. My main one is definitely working on A3 this year. It's been incredible. I think, especially being a former player in the NWSL, it's really scary to retire. You don't have a plethora of money and savings to make a next move and This all kind of universe was conspiring for this to happen. And I work with incredibly beautiful people and I'm really fortunate for it. And I get to expand the women's game and share how amazing these players are and the work that they're doing on and off the field and work with amazing people. And something too that I think is huge that we talk about a lot is just the growth of the women's game in general from this last year. The NWSL signing a $240 million four-year deal with 118 matches streamed as opposed to 30 last year is insane like i'm just really proud to be a part of the growth of the game on the field and now off the field and it's good it's only going to go up from here so that's mine you guys are
2: making me emotional i know <laughs> i'm like i can't believe to have to follow that i'm like man, i'm about to make a gangster cry like choose i, I mean <laughs> I, gangsters I cry look. too i gotta i'm just gonna just echo everything that's been said already. I look I having covered that championship final in, in person, it was incredible. Didn't know if we could see a, a worst of first storyline kind of come to fruition. And, and we got to see that in, in real time and something that happens along the way of, of when you're creating cool stuff, you make those connections with people. So to see the success for people that you grow friendships and relationships with is, is an incredible feeling. Absolutely not overrated. That is truly the gift of all gifts. And I would argue, yes, so seeing the evolution of Attacking Third. I mean, it wasn't too long ago. It feels like we're Lisa and I were trying our very hardest to make sure that we created something very special and very unique in the women's soccer space. Conceptually, there hadn't existed a tri-weekly, multi-episode a week women's soccer show on a mainstream outlet. And we had worked very hard to make sure that we were doing not only content constantly, but good content and making sure that we did a good job because we wanted to continue to see This thing that we created continue to grow, and thankfully CBS felt the same way, and we got to now we're witnessing a a network version of uh, attacking third, and in doing that, that means that we do get to expand the show in other ways, and that includes making sure that we have additional voices on the show. It is so important to to have the Darian Jenkins on an attacking third and Aaron West because of their insights and their perspectives that others do not have. So uh, that is absolutely one of the things that I'm happiest about and uh, in 2023 when it comes to, to women's soccer. It's very easy to maybe take a look at things like the, the championships and the wild goals and the cool things that happen. But the work that we put in day in and in day out has, has absolutely felt rewarding every day because you get to come to work with people like you all. So that's absolutely my favorite.
0: Gosh, I didn't think anyone could tell Darians <laughs> and Sandra. You just <laughs> pull it out of the park completely. I mean, it was a huge year of growth, especially for attacking third. And thank you, everyone, for being part of it. And, but my, my favorite memory this year was honestly the growth of the game as a whole. And I think it kind of culminated at the World Cup with an expanded format with 32 teams and eight debutante nations and nations that scored their first ever world cup goal, got their first ever world cup win and their, and first ever world cup points. And the fact that, the United States got knocked off their horse. Not that that's a favorite memory, but that just means that the rest of the women's soccer world is coming up and they are fighting back. And even without some of the resources that they don't have, that they deserve to have, they're still able to, you know, put points and goals in on big soccer giants in the world of women's football. And the fact that we got to see Spain win a world cup that, is filled a roster stacked with incredibly talented players that play beautiful football and the world got to see that on the biggest stage was very, very cool for me. And then, of course, we got to cover it here at Attacking Third. But the growth of the game this year really was my favorite by far. And I hope that next year it just continues to grow and top that again. Okay, I loved our memories, guys. This was like the sentimental, reflecting part of 2023. Now we get to turn the page. Look forward to 2024. It's it's the new year. We get to make resolutions and predictions and all the things that we want to see happen. So, what are your football resolutions for 2024, Sandra? Uh, I'm going to start with you. Football
2: resolutions for 2024. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie to folks if they're tuning in, watching, and or listening. We too, as the talent on this show, needed clarification on what exactly a football uh, resolution is. So, I am going to say that as someone who's uh, local to Chicago, I, I try to cover as many games locally as, as I can. So, I want to continue that. I want to keep up that resolution because it wasn't always. It hasn't always been easy to do that. Uh, I'm sure our Gotham family here can relate to sometimes not always having the easiest of accessibility to certain facilities. So I'm just going to say that that I'm looking forward to, to doing that and continue then hopefully checking off more boxes there. But I also want to see more contracts, bigger contracts. Uh, for yes. players. I think One of the things that I maybe didn't get to mention and kind of bridge with like the things I'm grateful for. I'm also very grateful to see that we're closing out uh, a 2023 with a Mexican American player as, as one of the highest players ever in NWSL history. And I love that right behind that there's already been chatter from GM saying there's actually going to be maybe more and, or possibly bigger contracts to come. And I want to see that. So uh, this year is closing out very soon. So we might actually get that new year's resolution, footballing resolution checked off pretty early in 2024. And that's what I want to see.
1: Yeah, for for my footballing resolution, we've talked about how much this game has grown. We saw the World Cup, all the incredible quality on display. We've been talking ad nauseum about Champions League, WSL, NWSL, the Spanish League. I want a club World Cup. We need to see who's the best. I'm tired of talking about it. We need to prove it on the pitch. We need a club World Cup for the women's game in 2024. That's my resolution.
0: <laughs> I like that one. That one's good. Yeah, I yeah, would like to see that life. as well. Club World, Club World Cup. Then we, we actually have proof of who is the best and which yeah. teams. And, and that's the thing. No more
1: talk. <laughs> no, more no, talk. More talk. <laughs> no more talk. <laughs> yeah.
0: It kind of plays into mine. I want to see for 2024, I want to see the NWSL be just as competitive as it was this year. With two more teams, an expansion draft that happened, the college draft that's coming in with 14 clubs. And I want there to still be that competitiveness that any team can beat anyone on any given day. I think we will see that. But the fact that, I mean, two years ago, Gotham finished dead last in the league, and then they lifted the trophy. I hope we get to see something crazy like that again in the NWSL. And the chaos doesn't go anywhere. I
1: don't. I want to see first day 1st first.
3: Right. <laughs> we'll
0: see that repeat. <laughs> no,
1: none of that. None of that.
0: <laughs> oh, that's so good
3: guess it's my turn. Dang, this is hard to follow. I love the Club World Cup. I think um, I've been lucky enough to play in the ICC. And that's one of the highlights of my career is playing there and playing overseas because it blew my mind the different style of play. Like you watch it, but you don't actually have an appreciation for it until you see it live and you're in it and you're immersed in it. So definitely that. But I know the more I'm sitting here thinking about it, pay the players. That is my biggest thing. Everyone should be making six figures at this point. You've been in the the league for more than one year. You should be making over six figures. You are playing soccer for so long. It's so much of your life um, that you're committing to your teams. And the league would be nothing without these people, without their personalities, without everything that they do even off the field when they're not asked to, that is just extra to give more visibility to the league and women's soccer in general. They're powerhouses. Mm -hmm. So pay them. Pay them as they should be let these players ball out. It brings so much attention and is the reason why the league has grown this much. And yeah, that's, that's going to be my, my resolution.
0: Oh, I like that one. That one's really good. I like it a lot. All right, I have one more, a little bit of of both. So, thank you everyone for watching, listening, following us on social, doing all those things because that's a big memory of us this year for me and of how attacking third has grown. And another resolution for next year is that attacking third wins some hardware because we are nominated for a sports podcast award. We are finalists for the diverse voices category. So, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you everyone that's been on our show, Sandra, Darian, Aaron, anyone that we've had on as guests, thank you. This is a really big honor. This is really cool. And voting for this award is open right now. So you guys can help us bring home this hardware. There is a QR code that you can scan. You can vote for us there. If you're listening to this as a podcast, there's gonna be a link in our episode description today. It only takes a few seconds, a couple clicks, and you can vote for Attacking Third for Best Diverse Voices Podcast in the sports podcast awards voting is open until January 28th as we have the opportunity to lift a trophy Darian for you post-playing career I'm not sure you thought this would happen but hey you could potentially do this with attacking third <laughs>
3: <laughs> never would have thought I'm so happy
0: Yeah, it's awesome. Thank you to everyone for listening and voting and being with us throughout 2023. This is our final show of Attacking Third for 2023. We are taking a break. Uh, We'll be back in January because there's a lot happening with NWSL Free Agency, the NWSL College Draft, Super League, Champions League, of course, coming back in a couple of weeks. So we are also taking a break to rest, recharge, spend time with family and friends by the fire with some hot cocoa, you know, doing all the warm and cozy things. So we are taking a break. This is our last episode of 2023, but thank you everyone for joining us. Thanks for watching today and have a great holiday.
1: Happy holidays. Thank you. Happy holidays.
0: Get some rest, everybody.